0: Connecting life and faith. This is Connections.
1: Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Head with Mike Tom. We're joined today by Mike Donaghy. He's a songwriter, performing artist, author, and podcaster, just to name a few of his titles. He's also set to release his first solo album, Flourish Tomorrow. Today on Connections, he's going to share the inspiration behind that album. He's also going to talk about what the past year and a bit has been like for him. We're going to hear that and so much more today on Connections. We're joined today by Mike Donahue. He's a recording artist, songwriter, speaker, podcast and video show host as well as the author of the best-selling book Finding God's Life for My Will, and he's the founding member of the band 10th Avenue North.
0: It used to be in a band called 10th Avenue North. You guys were together for like two decades. What was that like to bring it to an end uh, a year ago and decide to try different things for each of you?
2: Yeah, here's a wild thought. Our band was older than YouTube.
0: No way. <laughs> let, let that sink in.
2: Right? <laughs> um, yeah, when we started, there was, there was only MySpace, I think. Um, it, it Honestly, whenever a band breaks up, I think there's just this idea that Um, Being in a band is the greatest job ever. And anyone who breaks up a band, it's because something is really unhealthy or wrong. And the truth is, it is an awesome job. And I loved it. And we loved it. But after two decades, and everyone having babies, everyone said, Yeah, that was awesome. I'm ready to do something else. You know, I'm ready to not live on the road anymore. And we always joked about our band. We were always successful enough to keep going and never successful enough to take a break. So we looked at the future and it was like, it was just going to be still doing 90 shows a year in order for everyone to have a living wage, you know? And we said, we just can't do it anymore.
0: So, what was uh, your Something else? What were you hoping uh, that life after Tenth Avenue North would look like for you?
2: Um, honestly, just in the real short term, was just more time with my kids and my wife. You know, just being in the band the whole time—I'd been married, the whole time I had kids—was just always gone. You know, and and honestly, there's actually some advantages to that because they get to miss you and I get to miss them. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, you know, I said, I think, I think I'm always going to do music. I, I, you know, right when the band broke up, I kind of dabbled and I thought, maybe I won't do music anymore. Maybe I should just do something totally different. And then especially during lockdown and everything last year, I I couldn't help but write songs. It was like all I could do for my own sanity. And I said, I guess I am going to keep making music because I can't stop, it seems.
1: In that time, uh, just reading uh, in the midst, before you started, well, I guess before you were writing and while you were writing, um, you say that you felt like a dried out sponge. Describe that to us a little bit further. Um, That was right after the band had disbanded and the pandemic hit and life just stopped. Uh, Tell us about that.
2: I think everyone can relate to that on some level. If you're trying to love people, you're trying to serve people and you're just not making the time for yourself. I I mean, you just give and give and give. And then all of a sudden you got nothing left, you know, nothing left to give. And, um, I think, I think everybody struggled in the pandemic in certain ways. Uh, for me, it was, it was just the fear, total loss of the future. You got to think: if I've been a band for twenty years, I always knew what I was going to be doing. You know, it's kind of like a nice luxury to go. Well, I know what I'm doing next year. Well, I know what I'm doing next year. I know what I'm doing next year. You know, mm-hmm. um, so for the first time in my adult life, I went. I don't know what I'm going to do next year, and so the the sponge is squeezing it out and going, "Okay, God." I, I need you to pour something into me here. I need you to pour some vision. I need you to pour some direction. I need you to pour some um, just life or else. Yeah.
0: I don't know what to do. So out of that season of being a dried up sponge, something obviously happened. Cause you got a new project out uh, coming out called flourish. How yep. did it all come to be? And tell us about that, that name for the project, why you went with that.
2: Right? Why didn't I call it dried up sponge? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, a couple revelatory moments. Um, the first being, uh, there's this really great quote says, "The secret to peace is embracing your current circumstance as if you had chosen it."
0: Hmm.
2: Let let me say that again. The secret to peace is embracing your current moment as if you had chosen it. See. Uh, a couple months in pandemic, I still wasn't choosing it. I mean, who would, you right. know? I, and because of that, I I couldn't get vision. I couldn't get the future. I couldn't get because I wasn't even opening my eyes to what was actually in front of me that day. And there's this really great uh, C.S. Lewis quote. He says, "This um, the present is the only point where time touches eternity." Let me say that one again. The present is the only point where time touches eternity. So there is no future. It's only now. It's only ever going to be now. And so if I don't choose now, then I won't be living my own life in the future either. You know, so the secrets piece peace is go, okay, this isn't the circumstance, like the way I got here, maybe I wouldn't have chosen that path. um, And I wouldn't have chosen these restrictions and i wouldn't have chosen whatever but i choose to be here right now and for me that suddenly lifted this sort of victimhood that was blinding my ability to see what was in front of me and i actually wrote this song on the record called glory i couldn't see which is about that about waking up to oh my goodness i'm being handed this really beautiful gift a gift I wouldn't have chosen, but I choose to receive it. This time with my daughters, we started doing camp outs in the backyard. We started doing, you know, you know, projector movie nights and, and yeah, it wasn't perfect. And yeah, I'm probably more privileged than a lot of people that I could sit and take time off. Um, but it, it really opened a lot to me. And then right, right after that, I wrote this song called flourish to say, the realization that I don't have to wait for my circumstances to change in order for my heart to change. Right. That yeah. that I can flourish even if my circumstances aren't. It's sort of really. the audacious hope that I have. Right.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of not only peace, but like um, contentment there too, right? Like, okay, this isn't what I was hoping and dreaming for, but I can be content in this and, and give thanks no matter what's coming my way.
2: Yeah, exactly. I was just on this retreat in Wyoming and the property was surrounded by all these mountains and I was hiking these mountains every day and they, the, the mountains are arid and dry, just bush and rock. But I looked down and this river w- would wind around this one peak and go back the other way. And the property of the camp was all in this valley where the river was. And it was just wild standing up on the peaks of these mountains and everything up high is all arid, all rock, all dry. And everywhere the river went, there was vegetation, there was lusciousness, there was, you know, there was meadows and flowers and trees and and it was just such a picture of that promise like you're you're doing a new thing like streams in the desert um and, and just going god what if what if it was actually possible for you to make me a stream in the desert yeah okay and one one example i'm i'm talking a lot but you know that's why we're on the phone um one example is toilet paper okay okay continue i wrote this song i wrote this song on the record it's not called toilet paper but it kind of was inspired by toilet paper and the song is called abundance right Uh and i was thinking about how we all ran out of toilet paper but we didn't really run out of toilet paper at least in the states okay yeah uh in other words It wasn't like COVID started infecting people and everybody had diarrhea and everybody was crapping 10 times more than they usually were. The demand for toilet paper didn't actually increase. What happened was some people got scared that they would run out of toilet paper. So they bought way more than they needed. So we still had the same amount of toilet paper. It was just locked up in a few people's closets. Yeah. So here's the here's the thought. When I live out of scarcity and a guy named Parker J. Palmer, he's kind of a Quaker philosopher. He, I kind of got this from one of his books. He says, when I live out of scarcity, I create scarcity. When I live out of abundance, I create abundance. So if I live as though there's going to be scarcity, I create the very thing that I'm scared of. Yeah. But if I trust the abundance, I I'm just thinking about being on top of that mountain. I become like that river that's actually blessing all the areas I'm touching because I'm not scared it's going to run out.
1: You have a joy. You have this overwhelming um, passion for life, for God.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, he said, I'm going to give you life abundant. So either Jesus is a liar or it's possible.
0: Right. Right. I love that. The picture of the stream in the desert. Cause yeah, your needs are provided then, but you're also part of that abundance for others that you spoke of. Um, uh, one thing uh, also this season of life, like you spoke uh, last time too, about uh, sadness and allowing sadness in. And I, I know that's something that you've been talking about again recently. Uh, we were just talking with a Canadian musician the other day, and that, that was something I asked is should our worship be sadder? Like, cause we don't allow sadness in our worship. It feels like a lot of the time in Christianity. What do you, what do you think?
2: <laughs> Bro? Uh, so my buddy's a pastor, he did this whole study. Um, there's three kinds of psalms, right? There's yeah. Psalms of praise which is like, everything is awesome. Yeah. Psalm, Psalms of Thanksgiving, which is everything wasn't awesome. Now everything is awesome. Yeah. And then there's Psalms of lament, which is everything is not awesome. Where are you, God? And the overwhelming majority of the Psalms are Psalms of lament. Right. And so I absolutely think there's this Psalm in Psalm one twenty six five. It says... Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Mm. Now, I, when I was a kid, I thought that meant if I pray hard enough, I'm going to get what I want. Right? If I yeah. sow in tears, if I, God, please give it to me. I reap with shouts of joy. But my counselor friend, he has this idea that what that's actually saying is the more we let ourselves grieve, the more we let ourselves feel, the more we more we acknowledge our sadness and our disappointment, the more we actually we actually expand our ability for joy. It's like yeah. as we expand our ability to grieve, we expand our ability to joy. And if we try to button up and numb our sadness, we actually numb and bring down the top of our joy. And he has this term, he says, and if you squeeze up the sadness and squeeze down the joy, eventually that's going to come out sideways, hmm. which is why you have so much dysfunction, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I Just see, we just don't allow it in. But if you look at Jesus's life, even like he cried when his friend died, right. He cried the night before his own death. He escaped from the crowds because he was burnt out and needed rest. Like, and I'm guessing He was one of the most joyful people at the same time to ever walk the earth. Right.
2: Right. A man acquainted with sorrow is what Isaiah says. Yeah. And then for the joy set before him endured the cross says Hebrews. Right. So that's, yeah, it's pretty expansive. I would say.
1: It's amazing what can happen when you are able to just be you and feel what you feel.
2: Well, so here's the deal. Have you seen uh, Pixar's Inside Out?
0: Have you seen that movie? I don't know if I've seen that. I don't think all so. The, I'll watch it today with the kids.
2: <laughs> Bro, that, so a bunch of psychologists helped write that film. I think it's one of the most profound Pixar movies there is. And it kind of like personifies each emotion. And what the problem that we have in the church is that we don't view all our emotions as a gift. Right we view certain emotions as wrong and bad and other emotions as right. Where if we could realize that emotions are gifts and then at, if we acknowledge them and feel them, then we can make a move toward health or make a move toward unhealth. Right? So like if I'm lonely, lonely is not a bad emotion. It's a really good emotion for me to realize I'm feeling. So now I either make a unhealthy move toward more isolation, more depression I I push away, I become a hermit or I go, Oh, I'm lonely. That's, that's what this feeling is. I'm going to reach out to someone and ask for some community, you know? And, and that's, if we, so there's this really great book called chip Dodd voice of the heart, which if anyone wants to kind of explore this idea a little deeper, I really recommend it. But the idea is the more you experience your emotions and understand what you're feeling, then the next step is you can actually learn to ask for what you want and need, which that, uh, especially for like male culture, at least it seems right? in America, it is not okay to tell people what you need. Cause we don't like that vulnerability.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting, especially in our culture, right? I think some other cultures are a little bit better at that, but here in the West and especially Christianity, like, I mean, I don't want to slam other people's theology and stuff, but I'm kind of going to like, I, you know, I've heard people be vulnerable before and then Christian friends look at them and say, like, don't speak that into existence, right? And you need to change your mindset. And it's like, no, you need to be honest uh, with people and you need to be honest with God, what you're feeling and what you're struggling with, because uh, then God can move in the midst of that and we can move in the midst of that too and and help you through that. Or sit with you in that.
2: Yeah, that's the song, uh, the first single on my record is called All Together. And it's about that. You know, it's about you got to take the facade off to actually figure out where we're going. You know, because I would say it's both and. We do need to change our mindset sometimes. We do need to have our mind transformed. But the way we do that is acknowledging where we Mm. actually are. Yeah. So if you if you stifle stifle stifle, then how do you know what you're changing your mindset from or to, if you don't know where it actually is?
0: I like that. Uh, you got the new album flourish. I would also. What else is going on for you? I know you have a podcast and book. Tell us a little bit about what's in the works for you right now. Yeah, bruh. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm. I'm. I actually signed another book deal, so I'm working on a new book right now nice. about it's uh I'm not going to give away the title yet it's not quite there, but is it's a toilet about, paper <laughs> yes, it's called toilet paper <laughs> and all of its many uses and uh significance uh it's uh it's about the art of elegant disagreement, oh. I guess you would say is there such Tra- a thing still <laughs> R- right you know um my friend justin mcroberts he says uh he says disagreement is a form of relationship not um the dysfunction of it yeah right like that. that that if you if you can't disagree with people you're actually not in relationship with anyone but yourself yeah right so just i mean this year is just crazy it's uh, i've never I, it's just in my lifetime i feel like i've never seen such polarizing disagreement on really big things that affect many modes of everyday life. Right. So I'm, I'm really intrigued by that. So I'm working on that book and yeah, my records drop in and, uh, gonna do a whole new season of my podcast this fall. Um, starting with some really intimate conversations with people close to me. I'm really excited about that as well.
1: Now, when we spoke with you, you had released a few singles in between that were extremely intimate, um, very um, acoustic sounding. Tell us a little bit more about what Flourish is going to sound like and what people can expect off that album.
2: Um, the thing my label kept saying, fair trade. they said this, the the spectrum of sound on this record is incredibly vast. Mm-hmm. So uh the the lyric it's funny the lyrics are going to obvious i would say be some of the most personal i've ever written simply because i'm not having to bounce them all off a bunch of band members you know they're really coming from my my heart and my life and my experience um but the sound also because i didn't have to have four other band members approval on every song <laughs> um depending on what producer I was working with, we really just went in all kinds of directions. So I kept saying I wanted the record to sound like the secret life of Walter Mitty soundtrack. Have you seen that movie with Ben no.
0: Stiller? No, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> oh I thought gosh, I've God. seen every Ben Stiller movie, but I guess <laughs> no, <not.
2: laughs> this is the best one. He goes to Iceland and he's like skateboarding. And there's a bunch of Jose Gonzalez music. If you know who he is, um, but it's very uh, cinematic and grand and, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm really excited about the sonic sonic landscape that one might travel upon and view as they listen to my
0: records.
1: So there's basically something there for everyone.
0: <laughs> I think so. I think so. I love it. It's uh, great talking with you. Looking forward to checking out the new project and looking forward to... Uh hearing it on our radio stations too
1: i, w- I would love that i love that for those who want to learn more about you um just want to hear some of your music how can they go about doing that
2: you know what you can go into the google internet machine and you just type in mike donahue and there's going to be a slew of things that come at you like a website or instagram or facebook or the TikTok. I'm even trying to get on the TikTok. Keep <laughs> <laughs> the, the pop anonymous. Uh, yeah, all the you know people know. You know where to go.
0: I, I've been trying TikTok too. I am. I got 40 likes on my last video. Then my niece, uh, my niece stitched it, making fun of me, and she's got over a thousand likes, mocking her uncle. So yeah. <laughs>
2: It's a, you know, it's a very strange platform. (laughs) Every platform has its, you know, positives and negatives. So,
0: yeah.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: And thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.